everybody, Ron Russell right here from PTC Ministries. Won't you come go with us today as we get into the Word? I believe the Lord is going to speak to your heart, and I'll come back and greet you at the end. Today I feel like I'm going, uh, going to stay where God has us this morning, but tonight we're going to be ministering that the Lord would help us uh, on the carriers of the glory. I'm excited about uh, sharing what God has given me for this evening, but this morning I'm equally excited about this this teaching, I will say. I don't know, we may end up preaching a little bit, but this is something that's been burning in my spirit and I want to share with you today. And uh, if the Lord would help us for a subject matter this morning, uh, I'm going to talk to you uh, uh, about the power of your decisions, the power of your decisions. So if you'd stand for the reading of the word, if you're able, if you're not, I understand, but in honor of the word of the Lord this morning, Psalms chapter number one, beginning in verse number one, we're going to read these six verses together, and then we'll just see where God takes us to together today. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Tell your neighbor, say, that sounds pretty good. But we have to read the rest of it as well because it says this, the ungodly are not so, but are like the shaft which the wind driveth away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. For a few moments this morning for a subject, the power of your decisions. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your people today. And Lord, I pray for the next few moments that you would anoint us to teach your word in the manner that you have given it to us. And Lord, we ask that we would have ears to hear and hearts to receive today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thank you for honoring the word of the Lord this morning. Throughout our Bibles, we read of people who faced real problems. I know nobody in here has any problems, right? I mean, I mean, you're saved, you're on your way to heaven. I mean, you don't have any problems, right? If that was only true. But how many knows just because we surrender our lives to the Lord doesn't mean that life doesn't happen. Life is filled with ups and downs and disappointments and unexpected things and and life is what it is it's life and we can get to a place where when difficult things happen in life if we're not real careful we will allow the enemy to sit on our shoulder and begin to sing us little lullabies that tells us that we're the victim and that we're this and we're that and then it begins to affect our mind in such a manner that we become people of isolation or people of of self-pity or people of just all kinds of just disarray that feels like we just can't go another day and we find ourselves enslaved in our own mind and therefore we find ourselves making decisions that we normally would not make. But however, 
when we come to the place of understanding the word of the Lord that it says that even though things may come, we are still more than conquerors. Through what? Through Christ. It's not in ourselves, but it is through him. And today, throughout our Bibles, we read, of, we read of real people who face real problems. And many of them, their stories ended in victory, while many others ended in great destruction. And I think the question has to be asked this morning, how will our story end? You know, I think and I look on and I look over not to be down, but to celebrate, you know, I, I, I have said this, but you know, this past week was a year since our father transitioned to heaven. And, uh, while him and mom lived a godly life before us, and I'm so grateful for it, but I will be honest with you. I learned more in their death than I ever did in their life. And it's because of the decisions they made, even when their bodies were stricken with age and, and all types of things that was going on, I understood that their decision-making in their final moments. And I can tell you that their story ended amazing. It wasn't because that they was my mom and dad, but because what I witnessed of their story, their decisions they made, even when they was in pain and even when there was great discomfort, but they made the decisions to continue to be instruments that was imparting into a generation. Their story ended amazing. You see, we could talk to you today about David. We could talk to you about Daniel. We could talk to you about Noah or Esther or Ruth or Saul or Ahab or Hezekiah or Solomon, Peter, James, and John, just to name a few. We could sit here and talk to you about Job and all that he went through and how it was so dark for him. But if you read all of his story, you got to find out that in his end, he had more than he had in his beginning. You could talk about David and all of the ups and downs, but also, and you could even talk about the tragic of him having to walk through the valley, the shadow of death, but you'll find out that he was still a man that had, was after God's own heart. What am I saying today is this, some of these that emerged through scripture and we watched their lives, they emerged as champions of the faith, but not all of them did. What was the difference? What was the deciding factor that some started well but ended terribly? And what is the deciding factor where some didn't start so well but they ended wonderfully? It was the power of their decisions. I must remind us today that we have been given a free will. God will never force any of us to do anything. But he will give us the opportunity to make decisions. I believe it's important to understand that all of us this morning is writing our story. And I wonder how well our story has been written. I know it's not popular today to tell individuals that it's their responsibility to ensure that their story is written in the manner that they desire, but that is so true. We have gotten into a place where we think that somebody can just blow on us or magically do things for us, and we think that we doesn't, it doesn't require any decision-making. I, I will be honest with you. I saw something that just made my blood boil, boil yesterday when I got in last night, 
And I sat down and I just was going to unwind for a moment and, and I, was, uh, I saw some preachers and, and some little reels of, of just some things they were saying and some of them was really good until I got to one in, in South America and he, uh, he has figured out that he has a special anointing where now he can lay hands on you and he can make you lose two pant sizes. Really? And we're not talking about 20 people in the room, but we're talking about hundreds of people in the room. Now, a lot of you are saying, where's he at? I want to go see him right now. <laughs> Listen, please hear me. That's just, can I just be so straightforward? That's just stupid. But people are making decisions. Oh, I'm going to go get that. I want some of that. Please hear me today. Lord, why did I even go there? Lord, help me, Jesus. Tread softly, Ron. But decisions, we believe things. We, in, we engage in things. I often see men and women desire a different outcome that they currently see in their life. And I know, and I don't mean this to sound insensitive, but I've got to be real and honest with you today, is that yet they lack the discipline as well as the spiritual discernment to bring that change that they desire. What am I saying this morning is it doesn't just happen. It takes awareness. It takes commitment. It takes dedication. I, I, I want us to understand, for us as believers, we have to understand that the ideal that the devil is to blame for everything in our lives that is not right, that is not true. I understand we live in a fallen world. I understand that, we, uh, that, that we're fighting against principalities and we're fighting against spiritual wickedness in high places. I understand all of that. But please hear me. Our Bible tells us this truth. In James chapter 4, verse number 7, submit yourselves therefore to God. How many knows that's a decision? He didn't say anybody had to make, no, was going to make you do it. He says, submit yourselves therefore to God. You have a decision to make. Now, resist the devil and he'll flee from you. So that tells me this, that the devil doesn't have the power or the ability to control things in your life. But it also tells me this, it is our responsibility to first of all submit to the Lord and then it's our responsibility to make a decision to resist the devil. But let me give you this, you and I do not have the ability nor the power to resist the devil long term in ourselves because we are fallen flesh but when we have been covered by the blood when we have surrendered our lives to the lord and we are resisting not in our power but in his power and his victory then the enemy has to flee from us therefore you and i cannot blame the devil for controlling things in our lives he is only allowed to be present if we permit him to be present doesn't mean that things don't happen to us, but it means this. When he shows up, we don't roll out a welcome mat for him. 
but that we resist him and we command him to go. But how many knows you can't take authority over him unless you are walking in the power and the authority of God? Anybody remember the sons of Sceva? They thought they had something, but they got beat up and busted up. Because what they were saying is, well, we've come to him, but they had never chose to follow him. Can I tell you this morning, you and I are in a place where we need to understand. Notice, notice what happens when a man makes the decision to put on Christ. I know this is basic elementary things, and, but I just have to do what the Lord gave me this morning. In 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, therefore, if any man put, in, put on being Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. If any man. The moment we put on Christ is a moment that Satan loses his grips on our life. Therefore, that which he was controlling before, which was our lives, he no longer has the right or the authority to do so. How do we know that to be true? Is because Paul, when he was writing, and please understand, he was not writing to the world, but he was writing to a specific group of believers in the church at Corinth, and he wrote in 1 Corinthians 6 and 20, he said, for you are bought with the price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Paul, by the direction of the Holy Ghost, commands us to take control of our lives. How we live today is important. Please hear me. What he was simply saying is this. It is your responsibility to make decisions, to live your life in such a manner that your life brings glory and honor to the Lord. And not only are you to glorify him in your body, but also in your spirit. Please hear me. 1 Peter chapter 1, 18 and 20 has not changed, nor will it change, but the word of the Lord will remain forever. Doesn't matter what culture says, doesn't matter what your opinion or my opinion is. What matters is that the word of the Lord is established forever. And 1 Peter 1, 18 and 20 says, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversations received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you and I. Now, why is that important? Because of this truth, we are able to walk and live in a state of victory and freedom. But in order for us to walk and live in a state of victory and freedom, we have to make right choices. I knew it would be quiet today. Lord, why do you do this to me? For the, play, for the price that was paid for our deliverance did not just purchase us to be free six months out of the year or three months out of the year, but the price that was paid paid for our total deliverance and freedom. Please hear me. John chapter 8 and 32 tells us, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Truth does not change with culture. How many knows culture is changing? I had to pray a lot yesterday. Not just last night. I had another deal yesterday morning during the day in the after, early afternoon. I was enjoying the day with my 
grandchildren and some of my family and, and we was walking through the zoo and tell you, the animals are more intelligent. Let me not go there, Lord Jesus. But, <laughs> but I seen some amazing things of God's creation, but then I saw some very discouraging things that's been promoted by men and culture today. And, and, and we think, oh, this, this is not really that big of a deal. It's a fad and it's going to go away. But please hear me. I, I, I'm, I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to be insensitive. And I love everybody. But can I tell you today, and I'm going to continue to love everybody. I don't care what kind of decisions they're making. But at the same time, I refuse to live in a make-believe world. And the truth is the truth. And culture has got to be dealt with, and it begins in the house of the Lord. Please hear me. And that means we have to make decisions. Those decisions has consequences. Yes, they do. It means that we will be persecuted by the world. It means we'll be misunderstood by the world. But also means this, I can live above reproach, however, and even though they may try to say things and use all types of terminology against us, it will not have the ability to stick to the body of Christ uh, because if love is oozing out of us, it cannot stay there. But can I tell you, when I began to walk through the culture yesterday, I began to realize that there's stories that have been written and those stories that have been written are stories that are going to end in great destruction. Our, our, our text this morning tells us that the ungodly are not so. What's he saying? It says, blessed is the man that walk not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of the sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His, also shall, his leaf will not wither, and whatsoever he'll do shall prosper. That's for the righteous. But in verse 4, the ungodly are not so. That means this, there is no blessing for the ungodly. There is no peace for the ungodly. There is no rest for the ungodly. There is no prosperity for the ungodly. There is no flourishing season coming in their future. Total devastation and destruction is for the man or the woman that is walking in rebellion to the word of God this morning. I don't care how much money they have. I don't care what house they're living in. I don't care how many attaboys they're getting from their colleagues and in their sphere of influence. I don't care how many times people are telling them, oh, they're all together lovely and wonderful. Their end is an end of destruction because the story they are writing is contrary to the foundational principles of God's word. Now, there's some wonderful people doing some wonderful things. But they're writing their story without God, and therefore their end is destruction. Please hear me. You and I need to understand that if the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. Which means we can not only walk blessed, but you and I, and every man or woman or boy or girl that will put their faith and trust in the Lord, they can walk with integrity and honor and authority. 
And if you're walking with authority and honor and integrity, that means this. Nobody else will be able to write your story for you. But you will write it in the manner that you want it written. Please hear me. I once was in Guatemala, and I shared this a couple of times throughout the years, but it's probably been about 12 years ago. And I was there, and I was, it was one of the few times in Guatemala that I stayed and was there for a Sunday service. And I usually would always go in on Monday and always get back in here on a Saturday night about midnight or 2 o'clock in the morning and be in the platform on Sunday morning here. It's what I always try to do if I can. But on this particular trip, I was staying for two weeks, and I was there for a weekend. And I was doing some things with the school and things of that nature, and I was scheduled to to preach uh, all weekend in multiple places. And it was a very busy schedule, but as I was getting ready, I had to go into town on Saturday morning. And I got to, and if for those of you that was there, have been there, you know that there's two big gates out front and you have to pull up to the gate. You have to get out and open those gates and then close those gates behind you and those types of things just for security measures. And on this particular Saturday morning, I, I got in the car and I'm getting ready to run into Guatemala City and I get to the gate and about the time I'm opening the gates and going to drive through, there's a bus that stops in front of us and this little old man jumps off the bus and comes walking up to the car. He doesn't speak English. Sister Felicia is in the car with me. They begin to conversate. This little man that I have no idea at that moment knew that he was bringing a message from the Lord in that moment. He had been in the mountains praying. As he began to pray, the Lord began to minister to him. This is his story. And he said, the Lord said, you need to go to Macedonia missions. He didn't know where that was. And he said, you need to go and you need to speak to an American missionary. And you need to tell him a word from me. This little man said, Lord, I'll go if it's you. If this is you, I'll go. But I have no idea where this place is. And who am I to go speak to an American missionary? And he said, Lord, if it's you, when I get there, I'll take a bus, and when I get there, let him be standing at the gate when I arrive. Now, he made a decision. His decision did not just affect him, but it began to affect everything in my ministry for the last 12 years. Because of that simple fact, when he got there and he spent the weekend with us, we put him up and he stayed there, and he ended up being in service with us on Sunday. He never told me that he had a message for me until in the middle of the altar service on that Sunday morning. That Sunday morning, I know very well what I preached. I I preached and I taught on a fresh impartation of the Holy Spirit of how we needed it and how we needed a generation to experience the freshness of God. And in the midst of that, we had an altar service and people began to receive an impartation of the Holy Spirit. God was moving. And this little man came and through an interpreter, he began to speak to me. He said, I'm here because the Lord gave me a word. And that word was to give you, to give to you. And I said, well, I'm listening. And he simply said this, I want you to, he said, what you preach today is not just for Guatemala, but it is for you to go home and you are to take this message and you are to give it to your nation. And he said, you are going to go home and you're going to be instrumental in writing and fulfilling Acts chapter 29. If you will turn in your Bible today, there is no Acts 29. Please hear me. 
what he was simply was telling me by the unction of the Holy Spirit was this, I need you to go home, I need you to trust me, and I need you to write your story. Please hear me. And for the last 12, 13 years, we've been writing our story in a different manner than we were before. Now, I share that story for one reason. Is the power of your decision does not just impact you, but impacts everybody around you. That little story may need, mean nothing to you, but there's a whole lot more to that story I don't have time to go into today. But what he was telling me is he said, you need to go home and you need to begin to write this thing. You need to begin to live this thing out. What I need you to understand today with me is this in this teaching is we are to be a continuation of the witness of the redemption power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Your life, my life, are to be lives that bring glory and honor, but also they are to be lives that are lived about reaching the lost. Does it matter how talented and how gifted we are? If we can be the most talented person in this room, and if we don't have a heart for God and a heart for the lost, our heart's not right. You can be the best teacher. You can be the best preacher. But if your heart is not for the lost, it's not right with the Lord. We are distracted. It means other things is writing our story that should not be writing our story. Notice with me, not only are we to be a continuation of the witness of the resurrection of Lord Jesus, but our lives are to be for reaching the lost. We have to understand this. In order for us to ever reach somebody, we first have to be men and women of influence. Sometimes you have to do life with people for an extended period of time before they're ever going to hear your message. I can be pretty bold with most of you in this room and pretty straightforward and just tell you kind of like it is in a private conversation. And I can get away with that because we have did life with many of you for so long that you know that I love you and that I have influence with you. But let somebody else that you don't know that's never spoken to your life come and be that bold with you. You're not going to receive it so well. Why? Is because the power of influence. Influence can only be had, though, if you're a man or a woman that's walking and living a life filled with integrity and honor. I've said through the years, there's a few things you and I must safeguard as men and women of faith. I want to give them to you this morning very quickly. Number one is we must safeguard our integrity, our purity, and our anointing. I want to tell you this very clearly this morning, young and old alike. There will never be an anointing unless first there is purity. And there will never be purity unless first of all there is integrity. You cannot walk with integrity unless you are a man or a woman that is willing to be committed to a life of purity. And you can never walk with the anointing unless you are a man that's willing to stay committed to integrity and purity. Please hear me. So how do we accomplish living such a life that honors the Lord? We must adhere to the basic principles of his word. It's not about a feeling. It's not about a... An emotion, it's not about a service, it's not about a camp meeting, it's not about a conference. I'm, I, listen, we do all those things, absolutely. But can I tell you today, we find in our text this morning that blessings are upon the man 
who refuses to allow the ungodly to direct his life. Here's what I want to ask this morning. Who or what is directing your life? It's a real question. Why is there such a difference in a generation than there was in the generations before us? Why do they look so different? Why do they talk so different? Why does every generation have its own own style or preference? Listen, we could get into a lot of things this morning, but I need you to understand with me today that blessings are upon the man who refuses to allow the ungodly to direct his life. That means this, you can't have everything going on in your life as a man or woman of God. Our lives are to be lived in a manner where they are absent from confusion. Church, please hear the word of the Lord this morning. We must live and walk upright before the Lord. That means that we walk righteously. We walk honestly. We walk justly. We are still required, and I know this isn't popular this morning. Come back tonight and I'll preach, all right? But this morning I need to teach us something. We are still required to be a holy people. Now, holiness is not legalism. Holiness is a person, place, or thing that is set apart for the service of God. Now, have we set our lives apart for the service of the Lord? 1 Peter 1, 13 and through 16 says, Wherefore, gird up the lawns of your mind and be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children, not fashioning yourself according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy. So be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Does that say some manner? A few manner? No, all. Our lives, because it is written, be ye holy for I am holy. Can I tell you today, not everything can be named among us. There has to be clarity brought back to the house of God. There has to be clarity brought back to the man and woman of God. Our children need to understand without any distraction of who we really are. It's wonderful for them to see us under the power and the anointing of God in the house of God. It's wonderful when they can see you with tears running down your face and your hands lifted and you be an example. But if that is not the example that they see in your house, then you are not producing clarity. You hear me? And you are not holy in all manner of conversation. You are not giving birth to a clarity, but you are giving birth to a state of confusion. It's like the little girl that was in the back seat of the, of the preacher as he's driving home. And he said, and she said, Daddy, she said, that was a really good message tonight. He said, well, thank you, but was it true? Please hear me. I, I watched a little video. It was a little funny, and some of you may have saw it. There's a guy that was supposed to do an interview. He set up his little girl. She's like seven years old, eight years old. And he said, i got to do an online interview for this company that I'm getting ready to get a job with, and, and they would like for some of my family to be present. Would you like to sit in with me? And she says, absolutely. So this little girl's all excited, and she's all smiles sitting by her daddy, and he starts recording this little video, and he starts telling, her, telling this little camera all kinds of things. Oh, yes, I I get up and I run 12 miles every day. 
I don't eat anything but vegetables. And this little girl's face starts just changing, changing. And he's like, yeah, before my wife is up, I do all of the dishes and do all the, and I mean, by this time, this little girl is jumping up and said, daddy, you're lying. And he says, no, come sit down. They, they'll see you sit down. And he just continues to go. And she's like, daddy, that is not true. He had that little girl so confused because she understood that everything he was saying was not accurate. It was not factual. Even though he was trying to convince a camera that this is who I am, she knew who he really was. Can I tell you, we're trying to write a story and let everybody think, oh, this is who I am. I am wonderful. I am this. I'm anointed. I'm that. But everybody is looking at our lives and, and they said, that's not really who you say you are. What I'm saying is the power of your decisions will determine what type of appetite a generation has for the things of God. See, you can say, oh, I'm a follower of Christ, but if they see you engaged in all the things of the world, there's not much Christ for them to see. The power of our decision will not just affect us, but it will whet the appetite. Uh, listen, uh, that which we give ourselves completely to, our children will have an appetite for, but that which we do moderately, they will say, I have no desire for at all. Uh, and today I want you to understand with me uh, that you and I are writing a story, whether we want to accept it or not, uh, and it will leave a lasting imprint on those uh, that we have given birth to. Uh, and you and I need to understand that in this moment of time, our decision-making has never been more important than it is right now. This nation and the people in it uh, does not need to see religion, uh, but they need to see a man and a woman walk with the power and the authority of God. Uh, but they will not see that if we don't make proper decisions uh, because the power of our decision uh, will determine uh, what level of glory uh, is at present in our place of influence. Uh, can I tell you it's not enough to desire it uh, but it is something that we have to strive for. Uh, I want you to understand our text tells us uh, that blessed is the man uh, that will simply put his faith and trust in the Lord uh, but the ungodly are not so. Uh, if you read through this though you'll find it says the man who delights in the law of the Lord uh, is a man that walks in the fullness of God. I wonder today uh, how full we are. One of the things that I'm dealing with in ministry uh, everywhere I go is this, uh, that there is a dissatisfaction in the lives of men and women. Nothing is ever enough. Now, I'm all for achieving. I'm all for applying ourselves. I'm all for having goals. Uh, and I'm all for saying this, that God wants us to be blessed. Uh, but I'm going to tell you something this morning, and please don't fall out with me. Uh, a new automobile will not make you full. Uh, a new house will not make you full. Uh, a new motorcycle will not make you full. Uh, getting rid of this husband and getting another husband will not make you full. Uh, getting rid of this wife and getting that wife, listen, that's not going to make you full. Uh, what will make you full is finding Jesus Christ. But what we currently are seeing is such a dissatisfaction 
of saying, well, this isn't filling me, so I gotta have this. So, so then we start writing our story. Well, well, this used to be what I did in that chapter, but now I'm gonna write this chapter. Uh, this used to be what I used all my time for, and this used to be all my time, and now I'm gonna do this, and I'm gonna do that. Uh, and we come to a place where we're just writing all kinds of chapters, but we're not writing a story. We're writing confusion. Hear me. The man who delights in the law of the Lord is a man that walks in the fullness of God. How many knows when there's fullness, there's satisfaction? Please hear me. When you sit down, I can give you, I, I, I can give you a sample platter or I can give you a meal. The sample platter will still leave you unfull. But an entree will bring you to a state of fullness. Please hear me. We have strayed so far. We have raised a generation in a religious environment but failed to lead them to the place where they could have an encounter with God. As I shared just a few days ago, we must go beyond coming to Jesus and we must begin to follow Jesus. But that's a decision let us please have ears to hear, and I'm closing very quickly. We must fall in love with his word. The Bible's very clear. It says to take delight in his law is to possess a high degree of pleasure in it. Notice if you read Psalms 1 again, it simply says these words. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the godly, nor standeth in the way of the sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight, what's he taking delight in? is in the law of the Lord. What is the law of the Lord? It is the word of God. Amen. Can I tell you? And in his law doth he meditate day and night. You can reverse that and say night and day and it's still the same thing. Just let you know that, okay? But it means this, you stay continually fixed upon the things of God. Today we see very little joy because of the absence of the love for his word. If you truly love someone, and I think all of us can testify to this, if you really love someone, then you're going to have an ear to hear what they have to say. Right? We say we love him. We say we really love him. If we really love him like we should, we should have an ear to hear what he's saying. And I'm not talking about the latest revelation thing. I'm talking about 98, if not 99% of what he wants to say to you has already been written and given to you. Please hear me. Most people in our local assemblies know very little of his word. Now, I understand not everybody loves to read all this. That, listen, but we got so much technology that every one of us in this room should have knowledge of this word. If we don't have this word, then we can't walk in an agreement to his plan for our lives. We got to have knowledge of this word. And, you, and, and people say, well, I have a hard time retaining this and retaining that. Listen, I'm going to get rid of all of the excuses today. Not because I'm been mean, but because I love you and tell you the enemy wants to give you all kinds of excuses. Because the people that tell me, well, I just have a really hard time retaining that, or I just really have a hard time grasping that. Listen, 
if you'll go to the Lord in prayer and say, God, I want you to teach me your word. He is faithful to those that ask him. Because the same people that tell me I have a hard time with this is the same people that can tell me every stat of their favorite team. They can tell me what their batting order is going to be. They can tell me what their statistics are. They can tell me about all the drafts and the potential drafts. They can tell me, listen, I'm not against that, but I'm going to tell you something. If you're not careful, you're more in love with those things than you are with the things that's eternal. Now, I know I'm stepping on some toes this morning. Listen, I'm not saying that it's a bad thing. I'm just saying it's a bad thing when it's first and God's word second, third, fourth, or fifth. Because what we're doing is we're making decisions. Listen, back in the day, this is when it was actually still race cars. Back in the day, NASCAR, you know, that was all kinds of racing. All kind, that, that was back in the day, man. Now they're just all soft. Just don't get me started. But, but, but I, I could tell you a lot of stuff. But I loved it, Right? And because of what I had a passion for, my son began to have those same passions. My son wanted the race car. He wanted the dirt bike. He wanted the quad runner. He, he wanted to go to the tree stand. He, he wanted it because that was what he saw dad was passionate for. You hear me? That which we desire, that we fall in love with begins to consume our lives can I tell you what's consuming your life this morning is important because that's going to determine what you write in your story as they come to the piano this morning I'm going to end with this what you take delight in will determine how effectively you're writing a story that brings glory and honor to the Lord Our lives must be lives completely surrendered. Joshua took over, had some big shoes to fill. But in Joshua 1 and 8, it says, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth. This is the word of the Lord to him. But thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein for then. For then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Without this, there is no prosperity. Without this, there is no success. Because this is what takes us into the presence of God here on this earth, but it also propels us and positions us to step into eternity. Please hear me. It is when we meditate upon his word that our pathway becomes enlightened. 2 Samuel 22, 29 through 31. For thou art my lamp, O Lord, and the lamp will lighten my darkness. For by thee, tell your neighbor, say, by thee, I have ran through a troop, but my God have leaped over and by my God have I leaped over a wall what David is saying is this is because I've taken delight in the law of God 
He not only has given me clarity, but he has also given me empowerment by the Spirit of God that I was able to defeat every enemy that's ever came against me. And he was able to walk with good success. He's writing a story. Psalms 119 says this, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. We can't afford to be stumbling around today. We have to walk in a manner. If the enemy can keep you in a state of darkness, he can keep you from writing your story. May I remind us that the word of the Lord that you read of in Jeremiah simply says that before I formed thee, I knew thee knew the plans that I had for you. They're good. They're not evil. You and I have been privileged to be able to be alive at this moment in history. To be part of the ushering in of a last day move of God that's going to usher in the arrival of the bridegroom to receive his bride. So why in the world are we going to let everything else dictate how we write our story? Young and elders alike, please hear me. The power of our decisions, oh, they have power. If you're waiting on a man to lay hands on you so you can drop two sizes. You're going to continue to live in a state of disappointment. But if you'll get rid of 10 o'clock at night pizza, get rid of those crazy Mountain Dews and Dr. Peppers, and get rid of those bag of Hershey Kisses, And quit blocking the traffic on 30th Street at Dairy Twist. You can drop those two sizes. But it'll be because you made decisions to remove things from your life and to put other things there in their place. Doesn't happen overnight. It's a process. But it happens because of the decision. Every decision you and I are making today has power. We're either making decisions that's bringing us closer to the Lord, bringing us into the alignment of his plan for our lives, or we're making decisions that's taking us further and further away from him. And can I tell you, I've walked with him, and I've walked without him, and there is no comparison. All of the days of my life that I have left, I want to walk with him. Because over here, there's lack and disappointment and uncertainty. Over here, there's fullness of joy, peace and rest. Please hear me. I understand that we have a God, we are serving a God that has the power to do amazing, marvelous things. But also understand this, that he made us with the ability to choose. And the power of our decisions 
I can't do it for you and you can't do it for me. I can help you and you can help me. But at the end of the day, it sets on your shoulders. What will you do? Will you continue to make choices that keep sending you around the mountain? Listen, it was decisions of the children of Israel that kept them going around the mountain for 40 years even when the promise was right in front of them. It isn't God that's keeping you from the promises. It's your decisions. It isn't God keeping you from the blessing and the favor, but it's your decisions. It's one thing to know it here, but it's another thing to surrender and yield to it here. Maybe this isn't for everybody in this room today, but maybe it's just for one. And I know it's very different today, very low-key today. But I was pressed in the spirit that I needed to talk to somebody in this room today. I didn't need to preach to you today. I needed to talk to you today and tell you that Another camp meeting service isn't going to fix your life. Another conference meeting isn't going to fix your life. Your favorite singer isn't going to fix your life. But you making up your mind to say, I'm going to start making different decisions. And I'm going to let God lead me and guide me. Yes, it means you may have to say no to this, not anymore. But I'm going to tell you, when you make a decision to walk away from this, whatever this is, and you begin to let God lead you and guide you, there's something 10 times better here than that was. And I know the enemy says, oh, but you're going to lose this, this, this. Listen, yes, I lost some things, but what I gained far outweighs what I lost because I made some decisions. I feel like somebody needs to make a decision today. I want to give you one more verse as we stand all over this building, please. Psalms 101, beginning in verse number two. This is a decision that the psalmist is making. He writes this decision down. He says, I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way oh when thou come unto me I will walk within my house with a perfect heart I will set no wicked thing before my eyes I hate the work of them that turn aside it shall not cleave to me a forward heart shall not depart shall depart from me and I will not know a wicked person What he was simply saying is this, I refuse to become intimate with anything that is not of God. When you take the word no back to something, listen, there has to be a a line, friend. Verse number seven of that same passage, he said, he that worketh deceit shall not dwell within my house. What he was simply saying is this, I'm writing my story the way I want to write it and it's going to be a story that brings honor and glory to God today 
your decisions have power. I beg of you to choose wisely. I believe it was Smith Wigglesworth that simply said this. He said, I rarely pray over a half hour, but he said, I never go a half hour without praying. What he was simply saying, he said, I pray about everything. I don't do anything without the direction and leading of the Lord because can I tell you, every decision has consequences. There's power connected to every decision. Songwriter simply said this, I have decided to follow Jesus. I wonder this morning, have you really decided to follow Jesus? Do we understand what that looks like? That means we began to decide and make decisions based upon what he says. So this morning, every head bowed, every eye closed just for a moment. Every one of us in this room, under the sound of my voice right now, every decision we make, we are writing a story right now. Our life is not only writing a story, but it's painting a picture. here's the thing about life for every one of us in this room it's temporal it's small space of time if we live a hundred years it's just a small little vapor so this story is going to end my story is going to end your story is going to end we will stand and we will give an account for how we lived our life we will hear one of two things we will hear well done thou good and faithful servant enter in or we'll hear depart from me I never knew you Now, those two statements are going to be based upon the decisions that we make in this little time that we call life. This vapor that we're in right now, this story that we're writing, is going to determine what we hear. So your decisions that you're making day to day has great impact. They're bringing you into alignment with the things of God or you're walking in a state of rebellion to the things of God. It's not my opinion. It's not my ideal that matters. It's not my theology that matters. What matters is the word of God. But you'd sit here today and you'd say, Pastor, I know some of the decisions I'm making is not honoring God today but I want to change that I'm not asking to know those decisions but 
you'd say, you know what, there's some things in my life that I'm allowing that I know God's probably not pleased with and and, and I'm just gonna I'm just gonna give those to the Lord today. Maybe you'd sit there and say, you know what, there's I know God has some plans for my life and I've even been kind of rebelling against some of that because I didn't know exactly how it would look and I've been resisting. But but I'm gonna make a decision today that I'm gonna surrender. I'm gonna say yes to that, that gift, that call, that that assignment, that what he's birthing in your spirit. If any of those things resonates in your spirit today, I'm gonna ask you to just lift your hand. You can put it right back down this morning. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Hands lifted all over this house this morning. power of your decision as they just began to I think this morning I'm just going to ask you to just stay right where you are this morning and I think I'm just going to ask you just to pray for that individual on your right and on your left and when I say pray I, I mean pray Pray like it would be your son or your daughter that's standing beside you that is in great need. And I just want us to pray that the Lord would give them that clarity and that boldness and that strength to make those right decisions. I sense that there's people in this room that you've got some decisions you've got to make that's going to affect you and your family not just in ministry but in business maybe you've weighed those they've been pulling at you I'm going to tell you something trust God go to God's word he will give you direction on what you should do in those business decisions but this morning I believe we're going to walk out of here free today dear heavenly father we love you I thank you for the sweetness of your holy spirit in this room Lord, I thank you for every man, every woman, every boy, every girl. Lord, I thank you for those that have joined us by way of internet today. And Lord, I pray that you've ministered to them through the lens of this camera today as well. And Lord, today we acknowledge that the power of our decisions does not just impact us, but they impact everything around us. And today, Lord, I pray that there would just be a sense of surrender for the one that may be a struggling, maybe in a place, uh, the valley of decision today that has maybe been even tormented a little bit about what they should do or how they should do. But Lord, today help us to write a story with our lives that brings glory and honor to you in every avenue. Lord, I speak to the one that is may we wayward today. Lord, I pray that they would just say, Lord, come in afresh today. And Lord, help them to make that decision be a permanent decision today. Lord, the one that may just be trying to figure out what's this next chapter, this next season supposed to look like. Lord, and they've been battling those decisions of what do I do, what don't I do. 
Lord, let them know this, that they just need to make the decision to trust you. Lord, lead them, guide them, and direct them in every avenue of their life, I pray. Lord, those that are facing business decisions under under the sound of our voice today, Lord, I pray for clarity. I pray for peace. I pray for divine favor to be upon them as they continue to follow after you. Lord, as a local church family, a faith family, Lord, we understand that our decisions will not just impact us, but they impact our families, they impact our community, as well as our nation and the nations of the world. So today, Lord, we decide to trust you. We decide to follow you with every fiber in us. And Lord, we ask for he, the Holy Spirit, to come, saturate us, Let your wind of renewal and refreshing breathe upon us. Help us, Lord, to make right choices and right decisions. Lord, I pray for there to be just a sense of peace come to those that may be facing some hard choices, hard decisions that are life-altering. But Lord, I pray that your peace and your rest will be upon them. Give them just a presence of your comforter knowing that you have a new season and a new plan put in place for them so Lord today we speak victory over every life, every family we speak for the presence of joy to be abounding in their lives and in their families let them not be weary and well doing Lord today let them be encouraged help us to make decisions that brings us to the place where we will hear Lord in not that very long of time where we'll hear well done thou good and faithful servant so today Lord I pray you'd lead us guide us and direct us let your face shine brightly upon us and give us blessed peace and the Lord everybody I hope that you have enjoyed your time with us today I sincerely believe the Lord is taking his word and is touching hearts and lives in this very season. I believe that you're one of those. And we encourage you to continue to join us uh, on these platforms. But today, before we say goodbye to you, until the next time, I'd just like to take a moment and pray a blessing over you. And uh, I hope that if there's some things going on in your life that in this season, you'll simply do what the word of the Lord says. Just trust in him. The Bible tells us, taste and see, and you know that he'll be good. So today, I just pray blessings over you. I pray blessings over your family. And if you have yet to surrender your life to the Lord, there is no time like the present to do so. So God bless you today.